Well, well, well. Hi, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. And I'm delighted to welcome on the show today, Alyssa Cohn. She's an executive coach who's worked with C-suite executives prominent at prominent startups and Fortune 500 companies, including the likes of Dell and IBM and Microsoft and Google. She's the author of the 2022 Independent Press award-winning book from startup to grown up, grow your leadership to grow your business. And she's also got a podcast with the same name that just provides insights and tools for the journey that founders and all leaders really must go through as they scale their leadership. She's a sought after speaker. She contributes to Harvard Business Review, Forbes, um, Inc. And she's featured as an expert on BBC World News and in the New York Times. Alyssa, it is absolutely delightful to have you on the show today. And I'm so looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely delightful to be here. Thank you. Brilliant. And uh, I am a sucker for books. Um, no surprise, you know, listeners, and well, the listeners can't quite see it, but the viewers can see the books uh, behind me. And you uh, clearly are as well and put some just incredible amount of heart and soul into your book. So I'm really looking forward to us exploring that. But I'd love to start off with this question, just so our listeners and viewers get to know who you are. There's always a journey behind a book and a reason why. So what was your why for your book? And how did you get into this space to get it out? Into yeah. The world? Yeah. Great question. So I did work with a lot of startups. So I became a coach after I kind of had this aha moment, which is I want to make a difference and I want to understand why people work, you know, in service of the organization or sadly not like what are the tools and secrets of management that helps run a company. So that's why I became a coach, you know, over 20 years ago. And I got into the startup space. And when I moved to New York about 15 years ago, because we were building a massive startup ecosystem here, and it was very exciting. I want to be part of it. So I'd go into various startups and I would say things like, how often do you meet with your leadership team? And they would say, what's a leadership team? And so I thought, huh, I wish I had a book to hand them to kind of say, hey, this is, this is how to make unforced errors. So I wrote my book to hand them, I'm startup to grown up, to hand them to say like, here's the way to think about, you know, structuring your business as you grow. And more importantly, and I know this is a passion of yours, managing yourself. My book is divided mm. into three sections, managing you managing them and managing the company. And really, as you grow as a leader, you have to grow in all those domains. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Um, love that. It's just, there's nothing like seeing a, a challenge and uh, a, a problem in a sense, and then bringing an incredible solution to that challenge. And, and you're right, for me, that idea of managing the business and where we go, what's our vision, and then managing the team and operationalizing the vision. But a really important part is just you as a leader developing yourself. And I love to hone in on that. What, what, are, what, what were some of the 
other challenges you were seeing with startup founders in particular where they were missing this element of really managing themselves in order to scale their, their business? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was not so much they were missing it. I think that they felt like they didn't have the right tools. So the, the life of a startup founder is super intense. There are these ups and these downs at the same time. So everything's going great and everything's broken all at the same time. Sure. Not only that, but your startup is a personal extension of you. You really feel that way. So the ups and downs are intense and it's hard to know how to handle them. Also, you don't have anyone to talk to about them because you mm. can't really obviously tell your employees about them, especially as you get to be a certain size. It's not appropriate. So just being able to talk, uh, talk it out, right, in terms of like what's going on. Also, people don't necessarily have the tools. So, for example, journaling, which helps you talk it out even if somebody isn't there. Having a strong morning routine, so meditation and fitness to sort of calm yourself. Recognizing even just the insight that you are the boss that, you know, everyone's looking to you to set the tone, but you don't think of yourself that way. You just think you're you. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, how do you navigate inside of your company when you're feeling stressed, but you have to show confidence or how are you navigating inside of your company when you're sort of angry, but you have to show optimism. Mm -hmm. So it's all of those little and big elements that require a really important understanding. First of all, self-awareness and then self-management. Wow, wow. And those are, you, you touched very quickly on some really critical topics, you know, journaling, reflection, what are some of the habits that you are just integrating in your life that help you to show up with not only maximum energy as much as possible, but also a, a positive attitude and a mindset. Uh, just before the show, we were talking about the idea of imposter syndrome, right? And, and that's a big one for a lot of leaders, that feeling that I'm a fraud here and have I really got what it takes? And people are looking at me and saying, hey, Obi, Alyssa, whoever it is, you're running the show here and you're thinking, oh, wait a second, I, I'm just, aren't I like everyone else? I mean, so that's a big one for uh, founders as the imposter syndrome. What are some of the Definitely. things that you share that can help people to become aware of it and aware of the fact that it is perhaps getting in the way and how do they break through that? Yeah, it's a great question. So on my podcast from startup to grown up, I ask question, a question regularly of founders, which is, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? And like 95% of the time, the answer is yes. So just to say, it's first of all, it's super common. It's so common that I just did a keynote in um, Amsterdam at the next web, uh, like in June, 2022, about specifically how to eradicate imposter syndrome. By the way, for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's the feeling that you've accomplished everything in your life because of luck and your luck is about to run out, that you're going to be found out as a fraud, that you can't really handle it. The way that shows up is that I had a, I worked with a founder a few years ago who actually was fantastic at starting up his company. He raised a ton of money. He was very inspirational. Everyone on the team, he got a lot of employees to come and work for him, but he had a lot of trouble landing senior executives. So I, you know, would be talking with him about that. And he would always have his reasons why it didn't work out. 
But we finally really got to what is going on inside of him. Like, what's what's he holding back? Because he was very persuasive and charismatic. And he really soul searched and he realized that his underlying assumption was, I am afraid that we are not going to make it. And if I if we don't make it, then I'll have taken these senior executives away from their safe jobs and lured them into working for my company and I'll kind of disrupt their lives. Now that is not going to work to recruit top talent. And we had to really get on the, on the in, inside of what he thought was going on. I mean, obviously it goes without saying that people can leave their safe jobs and come work in an exciting environment at a startup, which is high risk, but also high reward. And they can do that with their own free will. Also, honestly, senior executives can get another job if it doesn't work out. And yet he, it was for him really holding him back this kind of insight. And so we had to work around that. And that was a flavor of imposter syndrome. And that's how it can show up for people. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's something you said at the start, which is this is normal. And I read a stat the other day that about 70% of us have experienced imposter syndrome at some point in our life. And, and I think what's so useful about that is connecting with the, the realization that this is a common human challenge can normalize this. And we because very often, especially as a founder, we might feel isolated and think, I'm on my own, I'm the only one, and therefore you're not talking about it, probably not journaling about it, not getting the help that you need. And yet I love the fact that you brought in there some reframing of, well, what's really going on? And actually, what do people have that agency to be able to do? They can go and get another job. They can find some other opportunities. But being able to reframe that starts with that awareness, that recognition that this is a common human problem. We're all, and it's normal, right? I mean, I just think if, if I'm stepping up to a level that I've probably never really operated at before, it's easy to think, do I have what it takes here? And yet we've got so much success that we can draw on that helps us move forward. So I love the fact that it's, helpful for people to realize that this is a, a common challenge. Yeah. And like you just said, we have so much success from the past to draw on. So what I have my clients do is put together a highlight reel. So a highlight reel is kind of your best of moments from the past times where you overcame challenges specifically. And when you can really win a calm moment, write them down, like really write them down, you know, four or five, six, seven opportunities, seven moments where you overcame challenges, then when you're in the throes of your imposter syndrome, you have something to look at. It serves as a highlight reel that reminds you of your greatness. And I think that's very important for everybody to have tools around us, whether it's your friends, whether it's your highlight reel, whether it's kind of like channeling a role model that helps you overcome severe self-doubt when it inevitably creeps up. That's fantastic. Uh, I love that. I hope uh, listeners and viewers are taking notes. A highlight reel is a great one to integrate. L let's go back to something else that you said earlier on, just various tools, habits like reflection and journaling and taking, do you ever have pushback from people to say, hey, I'm not a journaler, right? I just get on and do what I need to do and and how do you help them overcome that and see the benefit of yeah 
Interesting. Do I ever get pushback? You know, the life of an executive coach for startups is a life of pushback. I get constant pushback. <laughs> Everybody pushes back about how stupid that is. How touchy, I don't have time for that, whatever. What I do is I like really work on trying a minimum, you know, startups to talk about minimum viable product. So I try to about minimum viable dose, right? Like you don't have to journal for an hour. You can journal for a minute. I had a CEO I worked with and she said, oh, I was going to go out and buy a journal. I can't. I said, do you have a device? If only you had a little device that you kept with you at all the times and her little notes function, you could type <laughs> yes. on the little keys. Oh my gosh. If only you had something like that. She's I like, can't think you think of I, what that could be. I know. I know. <laughs> She's like, you mean I could take a journal on my iPhone? Bingo. Absolutely. You give a journal on your iPhone because it's just about having the context to write down what you're feeling and thinking when you feel frustrated to give you a moment to untangle your emotions. But you know, people push back on me about like how important exercise is and you know, like, how are they going to make time for it? how they need to sometimes step out in the middle of the day and take a walk to kind of just decompress also how they need to manage their time and not be so responsive or reactive to emails and instead really think about how they can get control of their day. There's a lot of things that people don't want to do. By the way, my motto is successful people do what unsuccessful people don't feel like doing, which honestly is very compelling for people. That, that's, that is uh, amazing. That is amazing. Uh, I'm curious, right? Because for you and I, we work with execs and leaders, and I often have to draw on some of my own personal experiences and challenges and difficulties that I've had to overcome. And, and so how do you use some of the tools in your own life? It'd just be interesting to hear um, that for our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Well, I'm a human being like everybody else. And I think I'm an effective coach because I've walked the path. I've walked mm, all the path that. before everybody. And so for example, I became, I, I was not always into fitness. I had, I did not grow up that way. I grew up kind of overweight. I grew up out of shape in a family that was kind of overweight and out of shape. And I had to kind of decide that I wanted to make a change. And I did that not because necessarily of my desire for body fitness, although that came later, more because of my desire for mental fitness. I was super mm. moody and fitness was the only thing. I mean, I never tried drugs, but like fitness was the thing that helped me kind of manage my moods and deal with my moods. Also, when I'm feeling upset, anxious, angry, grumpy, I turn to my journal and that really helps me tease out what's going on. I've had, as an entrepreneur myself, as a solopreneur, I've had to learn how to think about my day. I think a lot, I, I have, st I'm still constantly working on the balance of my time and, and how much I want to make someone else's emergency, my emergency as compared to working mm. my own stuff. All, all, and then also managing people, you know, I have a small team and, you know, it's like, you think you know how to delegate and then you try to delegate to someone. <laughs> it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what, what I love about what you shared there is just this, again, realization that, guys, this is human. It's, it's, it's a challenge as a leader to think about how do I get the best out of my day? How do I get the best out of my mindset? What tools, what strategies am I implementing for myself that help me to manage my moods, right? It's not like... Uh, all of a sudden you're an executive coach, you're a leadership guru, and then it's, 
oh yeah, I never have to think about the difficulties or challenges. I always delegate perfectly. No, we're constantly having to work on this for ourselves. And, and I love this idea of the mental fitness, just that recognition. I, I often say we live in a VUCA world. And so there's so much volatility and uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity out there. And the challenge is, and especially in a startup environment where there's so much going on, we could be so focused on, I got to manage all of that and not taking the time and having the discipline to say, but I've also got to manage what's going on inside of me. Because in my own mind, I'm reacting to, maybe an investor says, we're about to pull out. Ah, does that mean it's all over? And I was having a conversation with a, a client recently and, and it was really tough. There's some big investment that they were expecting and, and just taking some time to think through, all right, what is it that I can control here? Or what can I influence and what do I need to accept? And just getting that on paper just gets it out of our messy mind and just on paper and say, okay, there's, I, I can do something here but there's also some things that I've just got to accept. So I love this idea of working on ourselves, but also just getting that mental fitness because a resilience is a big one for, for leaders, because especially in startup and some people say, oh, be not just a startup, every single environment requires that um, you're constantly taking knocks and challenges and difficulties all the time. How do you bounce back quickly? And I'd just love you to speak into that as well, just the resilience that is required for a startup to keep going with all of the knocks that you face every day. How do you do that? How do you maintain that resilience? Yeah, I think all of us need resilience in life these days, right? Resilience is the name of the game. And really it's a question of, it comes back to the basic tools. How do you make sure that you're okay? So one of my mantras for my founders and all my leaders is I will be okay no matter what, as in Yes, I can lose a massive customer, which has happened. Mm. Um, yes, I cannot get the funding, which has often happened. And as a leader, you need to have an inside sense of like, my self-worth does not come from this external environment. My self-worth comes from in here. And I have the tools around me to help me maintain an even keel when necessary. So that's definitely your, your peers, you know, like I, I work with my startup founders to find a peer group to help them talk out mm. their issues. Also just the ability to think through plan A, plan B, plan C, like scenario planning is very helpful. Also the other tools we've talked about, you know, mental and emotional fitness, but I will say this, I just recently worked with, um, I I'm working with one of my clients and he was afraid and everybody in his company was afraid that they were going to lose their biggest customer. And you know what happened? They lost their business, biggest customer. That happened. Oh, no. Okay. That was terrible. Oh, and he no. was all like, oh, boo-hoo. That was terrible. I said, listen, I'm with you on boo-hoo. I'm not into toxic positivity. Like it is oh. bad that they lost their biggest customer. However, every single thing opens up opportunities. Mm. I said, so what opportunities open up for you? He said, well, and it was immediate. It wasn't like thinking, oh, immediate. Well, we had an exclusive with these guys. So this opens up our ability to find, to find more clients and customers in the entire industry that they wow. were a part of. Wow. I'm like, right. So, cool. so like, how do you communicate that to your team? It's like, oh, my team's so upset. Great. So how do you communicate to your team the opportunity here without downplaying that it's bad, mm -hmm. but you know, for you, for everybody, many, many, many ups and downs on the way to success.
That's true mm-hmm. in startups. That's true in all companies. And that is true in life. Wow, that that is so powerful and and a great example as well of how the difficulties and the challenges that we face all also create opportunities. And and some people might hear that example and say, well, I lost a big customer and we didn't immediately have this opportunity to to go out and uh, to the wider market and that's okay. But, But being able to ask yourself that question, what opportunity does this open up? Whether that's an opportunity to pivot, an opportunity to rethink our processes, our policies, an opportunity to even think about how we engage out with our customer experience, right? Whatever it is, there is still that opportunity to learn and grow. And so that that takes a real resilience of mind, a, a mental fitness to to reframe a, a difficult and challenging situation and, and say, like you said, not to be completely almost toxically positive and say, yeah, that was wonderful. No, that was disappointing, but there's an opportunity um, here nonetheless, nonetheless. So, wow. I would love to, to hear what has been one of your greatest leadership successes for you personally? What did that reveal about your own mindset and and resilience? Well, I think writing my book was one of my greatest leadership successes. And insofar as I was thinking about writing my book for a lot of, for a long time, for a number of years, I was thinking about it and I knew I should write my book and I didn't have time to write my book and all my stuff. So that's like self-leadership. Finally, mm. sitting down and doing the hard work of structuring in my mind's eye, what's this actually going to look like? And then doing the hard work of getting a book contract and then doing the hard work of writing the book and then doing the hard work of promoting the book. This is not just happened. None of this just happens. So from my point of view, um, self-leadership is the best kind of leadership. It starts with you, mm. you know, and I would say as a coach, the successes I'm most proud of is one of my companies, one of my um, CEOs sold his company and he said to me, I would never be here without you. You know, that for me is the kind of leadership mm. and partnership really that is so meaningful to me. I love that. I love that. And you, when you were describing uh, writing your book, by the way, which is an incredible uh, outcome for sure, you used the, the phrase, or you said three times, doing the hard work, doing the hard work, doing the hard work. And just, there are two things that that says to me. One is, guys, this stuff is hard work, right? Leading, achieving anything, getting great results is hard work, but there is, but it can be done. You can do hard work, you can push through. And I guess certainly for leaders in startups, that's an important recognition that they need to have that I've got to be in for the hard work. This isn't going to be easy. I've got to be willing to do the hard things. And that goes back to what we talked about already with resilience, because hard things aren't easy. (laughs) You've got to push through. And so it does take a lot of tools and strategies to help us um, with that. All right. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I like the 
obviously that's a, a great outcome as well with the the CEO who said, hey, I couldn't have done this without you. Um, and that also speaks to another important message of leaders having the right support around them, uh, champions, allies, mentors, coaches who can help them experience the breakthroughs that are needed for themselves. Uh, so, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of self-leadership, personal leadership. I sometimes share the story of a mentor of mine when I was 18. He gave me a copy of Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that just really laid the foundation for me about the importance of self-leadership and not just thinking about the people around me that I delegate to or manage or control, whatever term tends to come to mind or really inspire and, and lead, but but also just leading myself. And this goes back to what we started talking about at the beginning, just the importance of self-leadership. And if you, you had a, a leader who comes to you and says, hey, Alyssa, yeah, that's great, but I've got a business to manage. I've got people to manage. I've got lots of challenges that are coming my way. I don't have time for this self-leadership business. What would you say? <laughs> you don't have time not for this self-leadership, right? I mean, it starts with you. So my book is divided into three sections, managing you, managing, the, managing them, and managing the business, because it starts with you. As you may know, or may not know, I also did a rap music video about executive coaching and it's called Ooh. the work is in you because <laughs> nice. the work is in you always and forever. You will not be able to delegate effectively until you figure out what's in you. That's too controlling or too sort of letting go. You will not be able to give good feedback unless you can determine what is inside of you that is blaming people or mm. letting them get away with stuff. You will not be able to deliver hard messages until you figure out what is in the way for you about delivering hard messages. It all starts with you. Mm. So a really critical message there, well, two that stand out to me, it's one, it starts with me, but also that awareness of the fact that we all have blockers inside of us that get in the way of us really delivering the excellence in leadership that we want to. And so we need to be willing to go on a journey of discovering what those blockers are and how do we overcome those in order to yes. uh, have a great impact with our people around us, right? Um, uh, I guess I, I, it would be fair in saying, guys, we all have those blockers, right? There isn't anyone <laughs> that, that doesn't. So that helps normalize it for leaders and not feel like they're uh, a failure. One of the things, just as we begin to wrap up, that I'd love to talk about is a, a difference, especially in the U.S. I mean, the U.S. has got an incredible reputation of leaders in startups being willing to fail and fail forward. And then you've got some other parts of the world where failure is seen as a bit of a taboo and, oh, no, and it crushes me and I, I can't believe that I failed. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that there are parts of the world where people say, hey, if I fail, it's really part of, part of the course. Um, and yet other parts of the world see failure as um, a terrible personal indictment. 
Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I mean, we'll do an entire podcast on like the cultural differences on that. I, I can only speak to the US and in the US, it is definitely a badge of honor and certainly the startup community to try to take risks, to fail. I think our country was built on that, on risk-taking, mm-hmm. on so-called, you know, American individualism and ingenuity. Um, I think that that continues to be propagated. Also, I'm not so sure. You know, sometimes we talk about culture and countries in this sort of homogenous way. I think there are a lot of differences. And I think that anyone who takes on the mantle of being a founder and being an entrepreneur has some way given themselves permission to fail and also has massive drive to try not to fail mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can't, it's kind of the price of admission. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the tools, the good news is there are a lot of tools. There are a lot of strategies. There's a lot of support that we can get as leaders that help us succeed and certainly increase the chances of, of our success, which is uh, fantastic. Hey, I love to ask this as, as we start to wrap up. It's one of my favorite questions to uh, ask to guests on my podcast. If you could chat with your younger self, the younger Alyssa, knowing all that you know now as a leader, as an author, as a coach, as, um, as a, a businesswoman, what would you say to yourself? What piece of advice would you give as you're starting your own leadership journey? Be interesting to hear. I would say two things. I would say, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, like high strung, let's say. And I'm always like, go, go, go. And I think enjoy the ride would be one piece. And then also um, focus on contribution. Because when I focus on contribution, I'm my best self. When I'm focused on getting ahead, I'm a little like, oh, I got to get ahead. Mm. Now that, that sounds so energizing. So enjoy the journey, make the most of it. Just uh, it's so easy to focus on that end destination that we forget to stop and smell the roses along the way, right? And live the journey rather than live the end outcome and... Do you know what? I literally just forgot the last thing you said. You got to remind me. That's terrible. About contribution. About <laughs> there contribution. we go. Contribution. I usually make it up, but uh, oh yeah, I love that too. So just thinking about purpose, right? And thinking about what's the difference that I'm making rather than, um, yeah, just am I looking good here and, and all of that and all that I'm achieving. So contribution. Thank you. That was amazing. Elisa, hey, I'd love to, we'll put this in the show notes, but how can people reach out to you? Where can they get a copy of your book and access your podcast? Um, Could you let us know before we wrap up? Absolutely. So in my book, in the last part of my book, I have 14 scripts to have you have delicate conversations, difficult conversations. If you come to my website, I have five additional scripts to help you have delicate conversations, difficult conversations, and one script to make your life better. So if you come to my website, you can come to alyssacone.com forward slash scripts, A-L-I-S-A-C-O-H-N.com forward slash, forward slash scripts. And on my website, you can also find out about my book. My book is also available at a little place called Amazon, as well as where other books are sold. And my podcast from Startup to Grown Up is available where all podcasts are. Feel free to come by and say hi on LinkedIn or Twitter or Insta or all the socials. 
Fantastic. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. Alyssa, thank you so much for your great insights, your great contribution to this right now and the incredible work that you're doing with startup leaders. Guys, do check out from startup to grown up. And remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader, if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose, then it starts from the inside out. Have a great day and see you on the next show. And Alyssa, thanks again for coming along. Thank you.